Hello everyone and welcome to Between Two Aeroids. My name is Haley Grace and this is a podcast where we talk about houseplants, botany, and everything in between. Last week we had a pretty easy episode on basic houseplant care tips. This week we're going to get into classifications and taxonomy of plants. There are a lot of biology jargon in this, so I will be posting an index index every week on the Instagram, so if you never know what the word means, you can always just pop on to Between Two Aeroids Pod on Instagram and check out the definitions that are provided. Just a little update on my houseplant babies. We all recently moved into a new place, got some better light have a light in my bathroom now, so all my humidity-loving plants such as alocasia and calathea marantas, my anthurium is in there, um, and they're thriving. Everyone else is adjusting pretty well, watching a few, hoping to add more to my collection. I need to get some shelving so we can start getting more because <laughs> the the current spaces I have for plants are pretty taken up right now. But I hope all your houseplants are doing well and all your new plant babies, if you have gotten any recently. So to jump right into it, the way we classify plants is very broad to very a very broad term into a very narrow, specific term. Carl Linnaeus was a Swedish botanist who first began began the idea of modern taxonomy written in his work System of System Nature. That was in like 1776, so it has been around a while and I think it can get a little confusing cuz it did for me especially when you get into order and family, but these were all added on afterwards after we were able to look at the molecular makeup of them with um, microscopes and other things of that nature. So I'm going to do my best to simplify this a little bit. Uh, We will go through like an example in terms of aeroids and everything. So first off in the upside down pyramid shape is domain, which is the broadest classification in organisms that have a nucleus and organelles that provide specific functions for the organism are eukarya. Uh, So your eukarya, and then you get into the other two, which is bacteria and archaea. And archaea is just a single-celled prokaryotic organism. It doesn't have a defined nucleus. It doesn't have defined organelles that provide specific functions for the organism. So today we'll be talking about eukarya, which is the domain of plants. And then the kingdom plants are in is plants. Plants is just a basic definition of a living thing that can make its own food through photosynthesis. They need water, air, and sunlight, and many of them do need soil, but not all. Then this third classification, which we're getting more and more specific, is class. And this includes organisms that have similar attributes or characteristics. And for plants, there's two main classes. There are plants with flowers, which are angiosperms, and then plants that don't produce flowers are genosperms. So genosperms are going to be like your pines, I believe your conifers as well. 
things like that that produce not through a flower. And then within the flower class, the angiosperms, you have two subclasses. There's diocots that are two seed leaves, and then there's monocots, which are one seed leaf. <clears throat> the biggest separation of them is monocots have one cotyledon, and a cotyledon is an embryonic leaf in seed-bearing plants, one of or more of which are the first leaves to appear from a germinating seed. The diocots have two cotyledon. And with monocots, they have very fibrous roots. Their vascular system is scattered. There's no particular pattern. The leaf form usually has parallel veins on them, and their flowers are multiples of three, so three petals, uh, three leaves, etc. With a dicot, with the two cotyledon, they usually have tap roots, and they have a ringed vascular system, so a little bit more structure there, and their leaf veining looks more net-like and like a network. And they usually have about four or five petals on their flower. So after class between angiosperms, genosperms, and the subclasses diocots and monocots, you have order. And this rank is when they first get recognized by their nomenclature. Usually ends in A-L-E-S, Alice. Nomenclature, if you ever had taken a chemistry class, it's just... It's what you use like carbon monoxide uh, because there's only one oxygen molecule. You call it mono and carbon is the main uh, structure of it. So it, then it changes with carbon dioxide where there are two oxygen. It escaped me. Two, oxi <laughs> two oxygen on the compound. <clears throat> and then you get into family. And these plants are with... Once you're into family, these plants have many of the same botanical features in common. It's usually the highest classification normally used since the others are so general. And usually at this level, you can tell easily between plants. So family has plants in it that have many of the same botanical features. Uh, so their flower shape their flower form, um, things of that nature, and it can easily be recognized to anyone who's just observing plants. Now we get into genus, and this is the plant name most of us are familiar with. It's the normal name you usually give a plant. You can easily recognize if two plants are in the same genus. As for example, the alocasia, you can tell because of their heart-shaped leaf form or the way that they grow from a single trunk. Or <clears throat> recently, a lot of philodendron have been reclassified as a thematophyllum. And a big indication of this is their trunking. So like your salomes have a thick woody trunk as they get older. Um, also, your xanadus have a thick woody trunk. They're different than climbing plants such as your bipenophyllum or your burly marks uh, philodendron. So they have been reclassified into a different genus. 
And then there's the species. And this is the level that defines an individual plant. Often the name will describe some aspects of the plant even. The color of the flowers, size, shape of the leaves. Maybe it was named after the place it was found. Like I keep mentioning alocasia, but it is one of my favorite. I wish I could keep them in here in the low humidity, but it is one of my favorite uh, <clears throat> plant genus. Uh, so Borneo giant is named after the country it was found in, Borneo. I believe it's a country. If it's a city, please uh, let me know. I don't want to stay ignorant to things of that nature. Um, so Borneo giant named after that. Uh, Burley Marks named after the person who found it, Burl Marks. <laughs> uh, and then you get into variety these are getting more specific so they could be the same species as a, for variety they could be the same species but are slightly different but they're not so different that it creates a different form variety a form is the next classification, and this is a plant within a species that has minor botanical differences, such as color of flower or shape of the leaves. So with your Anthurium, the, um, gosh, it's the waro, waroquinum, there is long form, there is narrow form, there is round form, and these are just, again, random genetic differences that happen with life basically when life um keeps living sometimes genetic uh codes get either rearranged so you have a more round shape or you have a more narrow shape or you have a more wide shape uh or even i i was watching someone and the sinuses some people look for a little bit more heart-shaped leaves of the waro sinuses than the narrow, closer, more almost touching shaped leaves there. And so that's just a different form. And when you get into cultivars, which is the most specific, this is when a particular plant has risen either naturally or through deliberate hybridization uh, and can be reproduced vegetatively or by seed to produce more of the same plant. So with the boom in houseplants in the 70s, a bunch of other cultivars came out. I think Aglaonema, in my opinion, has some of the most cultivars ever. I, I mean, there's even just slight differences between the colors and the leaves that change the cultivar of the plant. Like there's Silver Bay, which is a little bit more silver. And then there's Maria Emerald that is just a little bit more green and has a little bit different pattering on the leaf. Cultivars are just very specific. Uh, some of them come from human-made. Some are wild-made. But again, when you're in the wild, it's hard to discern if a plant was hybridized or if it was a random mutation creating a form. So like with the Yoepii and the Philodendron 69686, it has yet to be 
decided if it is its own plant species or if it's a cultivar or like a hybridization basically and they think one of the mother plants is a uh, Yoepii mixed with another philodendron but since this was found out found in the wild they haven't been able to discern the two so it kind of just lives in botanical limbo right now but with science they're able to look so much further into the molecular makeup of plants and that means like I know recently Calathea just got moved into another genus and it starts with a G. Let me try and look it up real quick. So for example, the Calathea freddy, which is a beautiful plant and we had some flowering at the shop and they smell straight up like vanilla. I have never... I, smelt such a fragrant flower off of a calathea so the calathea freddy has moved into the go persia go persia genus and again this is just happening more and more geo persia can be used as a synonym for calathea but it's not the same for every calathea can't be called a ger persia this is just happening more and more. I was just on the Aeroid, International Aeroid Society's website, and you can even go and look at all the cultivars that are being accepted and denied. It's really cool. There's this Anthurium Hines, and it is beautiful. It looks like a Clarinervium and a Crystallina maybe smashed together or something with maybe a couple other guys, but it's beautiful. The basis of classification, it starts to get really specific at genus. There, I, there are about, I want to say, 16 to 17 plant families. So now a little example to kind of bring it all home is the aeroid. We're going to go with Anthurium. So the domain of this, we're going to do... Anthurium regal shield as our example. So the domain is Eukarya. The kingdom is plants or plantae. The class is monocotes. So remember monocotes have one seeded leaves and they have fibrous roots. And if you've ever looked at Anthurium roots, they are chonky little monsters. Beautiful. They do have uh, scattered vascular systems. The order is Alismatice. The family is Aricii. The genus is Anthurium. The species is Regal Shield. And the variety that can come with it is more pronounced veining. I know there's like silver Regal Shields where the sparkly veins of them are more pronounced. <laughs> And then, like, a different form would be a dark regal shield. So, having a little bit more of a darker green. We had some in shop, and they they come out more of, like, a, an alocasia regal shield, where they have that really dark purple look, and then they fade into more of this dark green as they're hardening off. So, that is an example. We can go through it again with a philodendron. Same domain, eukarya. Same kingdom, Plantiae. Same class, 
monocoats, same order, Alisamatesi, same family, Araceae. The genus, though, is a philodendron. We'll use, we'll use Pedatum as the species. And then with Pedatum, the varieties that come in are, are Florida Ghosts, Florida Greens, and forms could also be Quincifolium, Gladhands. I know there are a couple others. And there's a lot of different variety when it comes to Philodendron Pedatum. Uh, I can put up a little <coughs> graphic of all of the, I think there's about 10 or 11 different forms of Pedatum. So that's a crash course on classification and taxonomy of plants. Uh, I know it's a lot to take in. I hope I was able to put it in a concise enough format um, and an easy listen format for y'all. Please let me know if there's a better way to that I can communicate this to you guys. It was a lot of information for me to take in. And again, I will have an index, little index of some of these uh, terms I used, biology jargon I used, because it can be a lot to take in. It was for me, and I was still researching whilst I was doing this podcast because I realized I did not understand everything that I wrote down, or I understood it incorrectly, and I really don't want to pass on incorrect information to you all. But I really appreciate you tuning in. I'm reaching out to some botanist and other plant enthusiasts to have on. I am hoping to get video set up here within the next month or so and have some friends on where we can talk about their favorite plants. I want to do an episode on propagating, but again, I think a video format would be a lot more beneficial in that sense because I'm a visual learner, and even with this, I wish I had some diagrams I could show you all. Because it, So stay tuned. Thank you again for listening. Check, check out the podcast on Instagram at Between Two Aeroids Pod. I also have a Facebook page, Between Two Aeroids. Give it a like if you want to be updated and see all of the information. We also can communicate more effectively through there. And I hope you have a really great day and are enjoying your plants and the sunshine. And I will talk to you all later. Bye.